Hey everybody, welcome to another Row Hunting Resources podcast. All right, so you're going to look at the uh, title of this and think, oh, here we go. Here's here's another, Chris is going to rant on something. Uh, hopefully not. That's not the, the point of this particular podcast. What I want to do here is I want to have a, a follow-up discussion off of that previous um, podcast rant, my because I don't get me wrong, I I have no regrets. I I mean and meant every single word of it. And my frustration, my anger at what I was seeing is is I think valid, <clears throat> at least for me and my perception. Um, and no, I I think we need to have we needed to have some leadership, and now we need to have some accountability. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. But um, the point behind this one is just to the, the, well, let me take a step back. The amount of feedback that I got from that previous episode was just absolutely insane. Like, absolutely insane. So thank you very much for everybody that, that sent me messages and, and um, that shared the podcast and, and the places where that thing went and, and how it, like, I don't even know. That's the beautiful, that's the, it's the crazy thing about podcasts is you, you put it on a platform and there is, it's not like a kite on a string, you know, that you send it out there, but, but you have some little tether to it. No, you just send it out there and it just goes and it just goes off on its own. And the number of people that shared it with their friends and where it went, the feedback I'm getting from people that, I, that they have no business ever have even stumbled across row hunting resources it's i'm row hunting resources chris Rowe is not even in their universe that they would ever should have ever found out about that that podcast but yet somehow somebody shared it with them they listened to it and then they reached out and it's been absolutely mind-blowing incredible so thank you everybody for I mean, some of the some of the comments were just a, you know, right on, man. Keep going. We, you know, we're with you. Blah 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 blah. <clears throat> and honestly, and we're going to talk today a little bit about uh, some of these other comments that came in. There was a few that were critical. Uh, that you know, there was some. The, the one I thought was the best one was basically shut the. I'm a I'm a wildlife. I'm a biologist, not a politician. So shut the fuck up and and stick with what I know. Essentially. Um. Okay. <coughs> but. There were a handful that were uh, critical, somewhat, somewhat critical, uh, but that from a constructive standpoint. And quite honestly, that's kind of what I want to talk about today. I, I want to address some of the things that came in uh, from those comments because th- the other flip side is some of those comments were just massive. Like it, it would take two, three, five minutes to read what some of you sent me, just massive, long, you know, multiple paragraphs. I mean, just sharing with me your experience and some of you, especially the, the bulk of you that, that, that sent these kind of comments in a lot of you were veterans, um, and had been over to Afghanistan, served over there. And, um, man, uh, Obviously, I get it. Obviously, you get it, and we're on the same page. But um, I, w- I want to touch on several of those things today, and basically put this discussion, kind of wrap it up in a a nice little bow, if you will. I- I'm not 
I'm not turning away from it. Um, that this that what's going on in the country right now, what we're seeing. Um, I'm not turning away from it, but you know, there's been you know, I just talked to a friend of mine um, who you know just want to make sure I was okay. You know, he he kind of agreed with a lot of the things that I said, but then he started you know seeing me post a bunch of different stuff on my Instagram page. He 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 didn't he just want to make sure I was okay mentally and and emotionally with go, what's going on and and not. Um, I guess paraphrasing, you just didn't want me venturing too far off, quote unquote, the brand, <clears throat> and alienating alienating people. So, which is which is valid. I, I understand that, and, I, and this is the beautiful thing about having friends that are not uh, averse to having a difficult conversation. Hence, literally, why I want these type of conversations here on this platform, because. So many of us in life today have been conditioned that we can't have constructive, loving, caring, but difficult conversations without, you know, oh, I'm not friends with you anymore. If I disagree with what you're doing or I'm concerned about what you're doing, well, that's because I hate you. No, it has nothing to do with that. All right. So let's, let's die. Let's, let's, um, let me talk about several different things that came from episode 18 that that rant and I don't know kind of wrap up this hopefully wrap up this kind of this this my I don't need I don't I don't even know how to say it man it's what's going on in the country is huge and it's affecting a lot of people and there are some of us that are, are concerned about it. There are some of us that feel deeply about what we see and are passionate about what we see and what we don't see. Um, and it can be easy to get swallowed up or, or lose ourselves down the rabbit hole, if you will, on current events and what's going on. And I think there's a fine line, and, and this is, I will own this one, okay? Because I, I can, I can, I can, if my... I can allow myself, you know this about me, I can allow myself to go down rabbit holes and I can spend a lot of time down there. There, myself included and friends and others saw on social media that it seemed like there were some people that were in tune with what was going on and either posting stuff about it or at least sharing stuff, stuff about it, commenting on it, and then it seemed like there was people, and again, we're talking about our hunting community, and give me two seconds here a minute, bear with me. It seemed like in the hunting community, there was also this subset of people that acted like there was like nothing in the world was even remotely happening. It was like they were in a complete, it was like, are you even paying attention? At, we've got a humanitarian crisis going on over in Afghanistan. And you're over here posting pictures about, you're doing a, a, an Instagram thread about your hardship on your, uh, your your pronghorn hunt. How you're, you know, oh, slight, it's, it's so difficult. And man, it just, you know, the blah, blah, blah. And uh, I'll grind through and thanks for your support and budget. It's like, what, the, what, 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 your, your pronghorn hunt? That, that's your struggle right now. Really, that's your, 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 your or fill in whatever hunt it is. That's your struggle right now? It, seriously? We got people stranded in, in Afghanistan and they're about to be just brutally 
treated by the Taliban and you're just going to act like nothing even happened. <clears throat> Obviously, that struck a nerve with many of you. It absolutely struck a nerve with me. Um, and it struck a nerve with some of my friends. And some of the comments I got back from my rant <clears throat> were understandable. People that were angry. And they were angry at what they saw. And it started to, and, and the, some of the comments made it seem as though it started turning into a very generalistic anger towards an individual or an ideology or blah, blah, blah. It wasn't about a top, it, it wasn't narrowly focused. And I want to talk about that because here's the thing. We need to remember, and this is my opinion, but I'm going to share it. <clears throat> couple things one we as a society and us as a community of hunters actually let me let me let me flip my my order here a minute no, number one we have to remember this community that we're in right now row hunting resources and those people that follow 99% of people that follow me or that know who Chris Rowe is and, and has followed what I've done with the website on the Elk Hunting Institute, the Elk Module, uh, my turkey stuff, my whitetail stuff, anything that I've done since, heck, I was in 1999 when I got on Primo's Pro Staff is when I became a public figure and started having to do public seminars. <clears throat> and I put myself out there. Since 1999, my sphere of um i'll say it, you could say my sphere of influence if you will or my 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 arena that i'm that i'm in is and and those people like you that follow me we are a community and that community of individuals is a group of consumptive use wildlife enthusiasts. We are hunters, first and foremost. But like I've talked about before, we can have hunters that are on the far uber left of the political spectrum. And we can have hunters that are on the uber far right side of the political spectrum. Just like I said a moment ago, we need to be able to have, as a community, we need to be able to have um, respectful, loving-ish, um, for lack of a better term, conversations, and especially conversations that are that might be difficult. But the only way that we can have those type of discussions and not have it devolve into just hate and separating and and dividing further and et cetera, et cetera. We all need to come to the table and say, okay, we ha we all have a common a commonality here. We all have a, a a consistent and and a singular tether. And that is we are hunters in this community, this group of, of people. Now if you just want to look at that that little tether as uh, it's it's barely a a, a a thread, I don't care. Hold on to it. 
hold on to that little thread and say, okay, I'm talking to other hunters here. These are these are the same people that are passionate about hunting like I am. So we have that common denominator. Others of you maybe will look at it and say, no, that's an anchor. We're I'm gonna I'm gonna tie. I'm going to tie my emotions. I'm going to tie my my thought process and and, and my and again the, the title of this my emotional and intellectual uh, engagement and maturity and everything. I'm I'm going to anchor it to the fact that we are all hunters, and so in that in that vein we, we have that commonality. We we have that that common ground to start from. I think a lot of times on social media, we look at reason why things start to fracture and society starts to fracture and fall apart is we forget what what holds us together. We forget, you know, what our what our anchor is. If you think back to 9-11, September 11, 2001, after the after the, the attacks, you think about how unified this country was back then. For those that are old enough, and this is another one that's going to come up, okay? For those that are old enough. If you remember back then how unified this country was, because in one moment, the entire world, especially this country, was glued to our television sets, watching this terrorist attack unfold. And instantly we were ripped out of our comfort zone and we were full face, just faced with the fact that no, we are all Americans. Someone just brutally attacked America and we're unified as Americans because we remembered what kept us together. And I think when we have these kind of conversations, um, because people, again, some people have been critical about, not many, not many, but a a few of you have been critical about me sharing these type of, of discussions here on this platform. Okay, but you're forgetting that we're all hunters. We have that common that that common denominator. We should, within this community, be able to maintain continuity and and unity, but be able to have the understanding and respect and and the um, I get emotional and intellectual maturity to be able to handle difficult discussions that affect our community, regardless of what end of the ideological spectrum that you lie, all right? Um, yeah, I, like you said, there, there's there's a lot here that I want to try to unpack and, and try to, well, try to wrap my hands around and, and tie it together. So for those people that are that were, that were worried about, you know, why we talk about this, but okay, I think it needs to be talked about and we have to remember, we're all hunters here. So don't lose yourself in the fact that all oh, these people don't agree, you know, don't think like I do. So screw, piss a bunch of these guys, and you know, or blow it. I'm out, and 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 you disengage. No, do the opposite. Engage, engage. Um, because the other part of this is, and, and I'll get to this here in a little more here in a second, is the fact that <clears throat> if you followed me for any amount of time. You know that, I hope you'd know, I am not a, a, a one-dimensional, unidimensional individual. I've never just only talked about elk. It's it, That's not, that no. I've, elk, turkey, whitetails, 
you know that if you follow me, you know that I was heavily politically active in sportsman's politics stuff for, shoot, the better part of a decade in Colorado. I was on the board of directors on numerous hunting and uh, conservation organization uh, boards of directors. I was involved with all sorts of different stuff. And as a wildlife biologist talking about the fact, and this is going to come up in later ones, talking about dealing with animal activists on my in my job. So there's a lot of stuff that I deal with. There's a lot of stuff that I'm passionate about. Um, and I've got ideas and I've always liked to share my ideas. So for those people that might be just new to row hunting resources and listening to some of this stuff and you're shocked, you're like, why the hell is he talking about this? Um, that's who I am, man. You go... You, you might be new to the, you might be new to this, this whole, you know, this train rolling down the tracks and you might've gotten on at one of the last stops, but, um, yeah, that this, this is who I am. So that's why I have titled some of these, the way I, these podcasts, the way that I have. So that way, if you're not interested, just, 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 just go right on by it. Don't even, don't even click on it. Okay. Just, just scroll right by it. But <sighs> I don't know. It's uh, we're going to get into some some mindset here in a minute because it's it's important. Um, and I, and I guess let me just segue. I guess let me segue that segue to that real quick. Um, you've seen in the if you look at the list of the podcast numbers, you see that episode fifteen is missing out of that. And what I told you was there are some podcasts, there's some discussions, there's some topics that I'm going to discuss that are going to be a subscriber. Uh, only type podcast. Again, I don't have uh, uh, advertisers. Advertisers. I don't have to worry about what other people, you know, some other board of directors uh, or CEO thinks about what I'm saying. And I, no, I, I work for you guys. I, it's literally a subscriber based deal. Okay, so I can speak my mind, and I can literally watch my um, subscriptions go up or down. So if, if, if my subscriptions all of a sudden tank and no one wants to be a part of me, well, then that's going to cause a a course correction. Hopefully, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll just become a janitor and go be happy doing janitor stuff. I don't know, but regardless, it's you, it's, it's you that are the ones that are paying, paying for this. Um, so I'm, I'm going to do stuff. I'm going to do this for you. And, and, so there are some discussions that are going to be for the subscribers because I want to reward you guys for financially supporting me, which I appreciate wholeheartedly. You guys make this all possible. And I ask you to continue, please, uh, subscribing so I can continue to do this if you like what I'm doing now. So one of those discussions was understanding ideology and it was a two and a half hour discussion about how I fr- I wrap my head around how people think and, and how they line out on a political ideological uh, not so much emotional but an ideological spectrum and I've said that you know I've, I've been working on trying to put together a part two for that on basically taking that and then moving forward and saying okay how do people play in the world with understanding that well Geez, oh, Pete, that's what we've been talking about. I, whether it was with uh, Guy of Western Contours uh, podcast, whether it's the guy, it, you know, Stickbow guys, whether it's been with Aaron, whether it's with Jay, whether it's just me on my podcast, whether it's uh, do, we've been flirting around and dinkering around with with some of those concepts enough to now where I think I'm I have to. Uh, for a lot of you to be able to understand with what where I'm wrapping my head around, I think I'm going to have to just go ahead and release that discussion 
as a public podcast. And uh, because it's such a visual discussion, I've got a whiteboard and I, I draw all sorts of stuff out and it you just visually it, it helps make sense of things to see how things, you know, arrange themselves and how they relate to one another, that it's very visual. I think what I need to do is just go ahead and put together the, the relevant part of that discussion um, on YouTube and make it a, a public video that you can watch because I think the video part of it is more is is important but at the very least you can listen to my discussion and that'll help maybe some of you better understand why we're dealing with some of the things that we're dealing with and and why these matter for sportsmen again I know that that question keeps coming up is you know this is I'm a wildlife biologist you know I'm not a politician so shut the fuck up you know, just stick with what you, I'm not a, I'm not a Ben Shapiro. I'm not a Charlie Kirk. I'm not a Tucker Carlson. I'm not a Rachel Maddow or Bill Maher or what, you know, whatever. No, my, my entire, I, that's not what my platform is built on. It's just political pundit, you know, just talking stuff. However, I've always made the case that these type of discussions are relevant within our community because What's the the rant I did about what's going on in Afghanistan and and the the conversation that we need to have about what's going on in world events is not unlike the conversations that we need to have or will have within sportsman policy. Uh, right now, I've got and I need to get back with him because I, I think I'm going to decline. I've got a guy that you know in Montana that wants me to be an expert witness on uh, a policy issue that that's coming up up there, and I'm like I. It's a controversial policy issue. It's a controversial topic. I have voiced my opinion on the topic in other places. He heard it, and now he wants me to come up. He wants me to get I'm like, man, I don't know if I want to get involved with Montana because Montana's not my wheelhouse. I believe the states and the sportsmen within those states ought to have the conversation with them themselves. I don't know if it's my place to go up there and, and even put my two cents in. It's, it's, it's not my state. I don't recreate in that state. I I have no, there's nothing, no cross pollination, no nexus whatsoever with me in Montana, period. But here we are. We want to talk about controversial wildlife stuff. Kansas, should we, or should we not have baiting? Holy hell. Is that a freaking controversial discussion? You bet it is. Chronic wasting disease. What the hell do we do about it? Or do we do anything about it? Is that controversial? Hell yeah, it is. Dealing with anti-hunters, dealing with not anti-hunters is one thing, but how do we deal with non-hunters? That's another. Hell, we had the look at the Western Contours podcast I did discussing. You know what do we do? Well, shoot, no, it wasn't. No, sorry, it wasn't Western Contours. This one sucked. It was Stickbow, Stickbow Chronicles. We did an entire. It was almost a three-hour episode, um, and he lost the whole thing. It was incredible discussion, which sucks because it was an incredible discussion. I've had the same thing. I had a conversation with Dirk Durham um, a couple weeks ago, and same thing. The audio on my end just came out just horrible, so I can't even use it. But anyway, I, my, my so it was with Stickbow, Rob, and Drew that <clears throat> talking to them about uh, you know controversial issues. You know, we're talking about hunter crowding and hunter satisfaction versus. R3 type of thing. How do we recruit? How do we um, retain and how do we reactivate the hunters we have when we have 
this this generalized angst on public over the you know public land over the counter hunting and and the the degradation of hunter success on the landscape. I mean, all of these type of conversations are are massively intricate and they can be absolutely controversial and they can represent the ideology of all sorts of places on that ideological spectrum. So if we don't have the ability to understand how to communicate and how to have these tough conversations, whether it's politically like Afghanistan or otherwise, we're doomed. This is why you hear so many times people say, oh, you know, the sportsman community is fractured. The sportsman community is fractured. But, you know, and we're, we're eating our own. And we are. But it's because I think we've forgotten, A, that we're all on the same, we're all on the same team here. Or should be all on the same team. But we lose sight of the fact, we, some of us have never learned how to have a, a difficult conversation. And then the important part, and what I want to just t- touch on today, is we forget that people don't even think the way we do. So let me dive in and let me, enough of a rambling um, introduction. <clears throat> Sorry. Part of the comments, all right, that came in. Let me touch on one real quick because I think this is important. There was a lot of you that were veterans. Afghanistan conflict, let's just put it that way. <clears throat> veterans. Wondering what in the hell was any of this even for um, based on what we're seeing. Again, yes, this la- that last podcast, I ran it. I'm, I was, I'm, I'm still angry. Not so much in what I'm seeing, it's 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 more about what I'm not seeing, and we'll get into more of this in a little bit. But I I know the Taliban are pieces of shit. Their ideology, how they treat women, how they their entire political and ideological structure is the antithesis of everything that we hold dear in Western culture. So no, I don't I don't understand it. And based on what their actions are with women and kids and, and how they treat... No, I, I want no part of it. Because I, I look at it and it's just just pure evil. Okay? I know that that's what they do. So it's not surprising to me that they're going to grab a helicopter and string someone on up underneath it and fly it around. It that That's not what surprises me. That's not what bothers me. And quite honestly, I'm not surprised at the Biden administration setting that train wreck up and in, in putting it in motion. Okay, and, and those that want to yell at me about Trump and what's the title of this? The, yeah, but. Okay, hold on. We'll get to you in a minute. We'll, we'll get to Trump here in a minute. But it doesn't surprise me that the Biden administration and the foreign policy team that he had, which is the same foreign policy team that Obama had, it doesn't surprise me that that train wreck has now happened. Not at all. What surprises me and what I think hurts the most is the lack of reaction and the lack of accountability and the the seemingly callous uh, disregard by a lot of people in what's going on. And and a lot of veterans have reached out and said the same thing to me. And it it becomes a, a discussion of whether or not it was even worth it and what should, what were we doing and blah, blah. Okay. I don't want I we I I I'm not educated enough right now to have the the complex discussion on whether or not our involvement in Afghanistan 
should have been this or should have been that or was this or was that. What, dude, that's freaking massive, man. That 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 I I don't have that I, I, right now. I don't have that in my wheelhouse. But here's what I do know, and I've I've said this to a number of you, and I want everybody to hear it. If you are struggling with this, what's going on and what you're watching, I want you two things. I want you to understand the benefits that you, what you did that was positive over there and what you were allowed, what you allowed the world essentially to do, number one. And number two, I want you to get involved, okay? So don't, I'm hoping I'm, I don't get myself off to this. Number one, what did you do? I don't give a crap about what your specific mission was on the ground. I don't give a crap about whether or not your particular mission and your particular group and what you were doing in your job or whatever, whether you had people in your unit that were just absolute train wrecks themselves, whether sometimes it seemed the mission was just bullshit and, and sloppy. But, uh, okay, I understand all that. I understand all that. Just remember this. For 20 years, you guys were over there. Some longer than others. Some in support missions. Some were people that were out front and they were kicking indoors. Okay? But don't overlook the fact that for 20 years you let fathers go to work over there and not have to worry about who was going to barge down, barge into their house and rape their wife, kidnap their kids or rape their children. You allowed allowed fathers to go off to work with peace of mind. That's huge, man. You allowed children to literally grow up and be children. You allowed them to be children and grow up having the benefit of being children and then preteens and then teenagers. And then, again, we're talking 20 years. You allowed kids to become adults in some semblance of stability. That's incredible. That is, you allowed young girls to finally go to school. You got, you allowed young girls to be able to not only go to school, but to interact with one another and, 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 and play with one another and, and engage one another in school settings, in recreation settings with boys, with adult, you, the development that you were, that you allowed them to achieve and experience is massive. You have no idea. We're talking about what I call that generation, a 20-year time span, where a kid could have been born in some semblance of peace or stability and literally become a young adult in that stability that went decided she was going to go off to college. She was going to travel. She was going to leave, go somewhere. Do not. Oh, I know that what you dealt with over there was shit. And I know that some of your sacrifices were huge. I know that. And what you're watching now seems like a slap in the face. Trust me, brothers. I, 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 and I'm saying that because most of it's guys that are reaching out to me. Ladies, if you were over there dealing with the same thing, I know you're feeling the exact same thing and probably even more so maybe. Do not for a second think it was in vain because it's not. 
the number of people that you have over there, just, just the people over there, is, is massive. You, you didn't have to save the entire country. You don't know that if that one person that maybe you weren't even directly involved with, maybe, maybe all your unit did was provide support for someone else's unit that gave one Afghanistan girl or one young boy just that bit of stability to let them grow up, go to school, become someone who knows who they're going to be down in the, in the future. You're sometimes, and, and this is, I've, I've talked, man, this is a whole other discussion and I could go down this spot, this, this rabbit hole. It does. I don't want to get in. I don't want to get. Geez, oh Pete, we're talking politics here. Let's let's not jump into religion as well. Man, oh man, you want to really? You really want me to isolate and alienate? Okay. Sometimes it's not your job to save someone. Sometimes it's just your job to be there in a support role, so someone else can save them. Or maybe someone else planted the seed of, for in this case, a seed of this is what freedom can look like. This is what liberty can look like. This is what equality can look like in a young girl's brain, in a young boy's brain. Someone else before you came and planted that seed. And then for some little short amount of time, you came into their life and maybe there was some one little thing, you never even noticed it and you weren't even involved with it. But yet from the periphery, they were able to watch and they were able to see the stability. They were able to see what the United States was about and that helped that seed grow. You didn't even see it. You didn't even know you were a part of it, but you watered that seed. You allowed it to continue to grow. And you don't, again, you do not feel like you personally needed to save the entire country. You can't. I can't do it. No one can do it. But maybe you, all you did was help with one person. That one person, who are they going to become? We have no idea. But it can be huge. So the value that you put on the ground while you were there, as much of a shit show as it was during the time, as much as the sacrifices were bullshit during the time, whether we were talking Obama years, whether we're talking Bush years, whether we're talking about Trump years, whether we're talking about this freaking disaster, I don't care. It might have been a shit show and the sacrifices might have been huge, but do not, do not get lose yourself in the weeds and think it was for nothing because you don't know the ripple effect that you have on things. The, I, I'm only, I'm, for some of you, I'm 49, which means I'm ancient. For others of you listening, you're like, you're only 49. I don't care where it falls out, but I'm almost 50 years old. And I don't know if it's because it's, I'm getting older or what, but I can tell you the more I'm involved with things, the more I talk with more people, the more times things come back to me and I realize that, geez, oh Pete, 20 years ago, I had a conversation with this person at a seminar 20 years ago. And because of our conversation, they went on to do this in school and then they became this. And then because they became that, they became a wildlife biologist or whatever. And because they did that, they went off and did research over here and they're over there. They're living their best life, man. Why? Because one freaking conversation that I had 20 years ago, to me, 
it may not seem like it was that big of a deal, but to that other person, it may have been the entire deal. So do not shortchange yourself. What you did over there absolutely mattered. It mattered for them. Individuals in that country, maybe not everyone, but individuals in that country were better off and were saved and were, were given a new lease on life. And they've been, now, where are they now? That, you know, I'm not talking about the airlift. I'm talking about they moved out of Afghanistan. They went to college. They moved. What are they on the landscape doing now? Great things. So take that as a win. You were involved with that. You were a part of the machinery that allowed that to happen. Again, I know it was bullshit and train wreck in, in many cases. But don't lose the fact of the benefit of that you did. And then the other flip side, and this is this is the real one I think is, is the most raw. And I've talked about this before. And I mean it. Think about what you did for this country. Quite honestly, I can make the argument that you guys were so good at your job over in Afghanistan. What you guys were doing in theater over there in that dirt... that Anyway. You kept this country so flippin' comfortable and mindlessly asleep because there was no real threat attacking this country. Yes, did we have a couple uh, uh, issues over the 20 years? Yes, we did. But did we have another 9-11? No, we did not. Did we have a major massive attack that rocked this country to its knees like 9-11? No, we didn't. Why? Because you were over there. You freaking hammered the piss out of my... We, we can talk... About, again, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to dive into the weeds on foreign policy. Let's just talk about what it did do. It did keep a lot of the wolves from the doorstep of the United States and the United States citizen. And so for 20 years, we've had people that have literally remained asleep. How many... You've heard me talk about it before. What, one of the things that drives me absolutely batshit crazy is listening to especially Republicans... The far uber right. They're like, oh, you know, you know, whether it's Veterans Day or Memorial Day or whatever, people are like, oh, thanks for your service. Oh, thank, you know, you, these, these brave men or women are over there fighting for our freedoms. Bullshit. You're not fighting. No one's going over in Afghanistan losing arms uh, to, to, to fight for my Second Amendment right. No one went over there and lost their buddies and watched and watched their 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 fellow. <laughs> They weren't going over there and dying to, to pre- preserve our, what, First Amendment, right? Freedom of religion, freedom of speech. They're not going over. You didn't go over to Afghanistan for that. What did you do? You went over to Afghanistan so that our country didn't get attacked. So you kept the wolves out of, away from our door. They, You guys went over to Afghanistan and sat there in that freaking hellhole for some of those, the heat and all the all the crap that you dealt with. What did you do? You kept us safe and freaking, you did such a good job that this country was able to just willfully just slip back to sleep after 9-11 so badly that here's, this is where we are these days. Because when you hit, again, my age, those people that, that remember September 11th, I'm literally some of you veterans I'm talking to right now, maybe don't even, you don't even have your head wrapped around what happened on September 11th because you were too young. But the, the, the unity that happened that day and everybody, the slogan, never forget, never forget, never forget. You literally can now go to people and talk to them and be like, 
Yeah, never forget. Never forget what? Well, September 11th, what, you know, 9-11, what, what happened on September 11th? They have no clue. It's a, just completely, they, they have no clue. They weren't born yet or they were an infant then. They have no concept of it. And given the fact that you guys were able, guys and gals went over there and kept us so damn safe over here and so comfortable and so convenienced that it, 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 we just, we just lost it. We, we, we lost everything about what the whole point that, what the unity and, and what happened on that day. You guys executed your mission so freaking well that this is why we're where we are today in the United States because we didn't have hardship. For 20 years, we really didn't have hardship from a terrorist standpoint. So do not, do not, do not. You kept every Your service over there, especially for those that have sacrificed themselves in their their physical abilities, their limbs, their, their physical abilities. And those that, that, that died over there. No, this train wreck that we're watching right now sucks, but it does not negate everything you did that was beneficial. So do not let yourself get drugged down in a hole saying, why does it matter? I don't matter. This is irrelevant. This is bullshit. And, and I'm, I'm checking out. Okay. Don't do that because the world is better off because you were there and you did your job. Whether you were a guy that kicking down the door or whether you were just running the supply chain, it's irrelevant. You were part of a team. That t- team did a job and you did it extremely well. Despite all the other stuff that was going on over there. All right. You did it well. And if you find yourself, and this is why I do want to talk about these things because the number of you that reached out, like I said, it was, you know, writing the massive, I thank you for taking the time and writing out everything that you feel and everything that's going on. You're please. If, if you need someone to talk with and to express you absolutely can message me. You absolutely can email me. I will send you my phone number and you, we will sit and we will talk. F- just find someone around you in your community that you can get engaged with because that's the other part about this. Get engaged. Get out there and do something. One of the things that reasons why I'm, I'm posting so much about, you know, whether it's uh, Mighty Oaks or what Tim Kennedy's doing with those guys, whether, uh, um, uh, heck, even Glenn Beck's uh, group, the Nazarene Fund, a global surgical medical group that I, I post about and I donated to. Um, part of the reason why I'm posting these things is not, it, you know, some people perceive it as I, I'm just trying to ram this shit down people's throat and see what's going on. This is how, this is how bad it is, how bad it is, how bad it is. No, no, that's not it. It's bad. We all know it's bad. We can see that it's bad. What I said in that previous rant on when I saw the um, the riots going on, part of the reason why I got myself in a really dark place is because I wasn't seeing the type of reaction from the general public and the quote-unquote sheepdogs. You know how I feel about that. No one was doing anything. 
no one was doing anything. And I was powerless to do anything because I'm out in the middle of freaking nowhere. And so I'm sitting here looking. I'm like, there's a need. Someone should do something. And I can't do it. And it becomes exceedingly frustrating. And it's easy to slip into a dark place. I channeled that into I'm going to get involved. I'm going to start learning. I'm going to. I'm going to engage cerebrally and I'm going to freaking just start really trying to learn what causes, well, doesn't matter what I was doing. I went into an education mode. The reason why I'm posting these things for some of these humanitarian efforts is nothing more to let everybody know, especially veterans, you guys and gals that are having trouble right now, I just wrapping your head around some of this stuff. There's an outlet for all of us that feel powerless to go over and do something and help right now. We felt powerless. Still feel powerless. But we're not. There are some people out there still engaging kinetic action on the ground or at least trying to help some of these people. There, there's an outlet. We can get involved. Maybe it's just sending some money. Maybe it's reaching out to some of these people. And if you feel compelled, you're like, I have to do something physically. My hands need to be moving. Get a hold of these people. Figure out what they're doing, what their mission is, where you can, can you, can you help? Can you get involved? I'm posting these things on social media to let people know that there is an outlet. A, for mental health reasons. Just from a collective conscience. This is why I said what I said to Tim Kennedy and, and uh, Chad uh, Robichaud and, and all the others. I'm like, man, thank you. Thank you for for doing what you're doing for our allies and our citizens and those children and women in Afghan. Thank you for doing something for them. But also thank you for saving the collective conscience of so many of us that were so freaking pissed off and just felt completely powerless to do anything. They gave us an outlet to do something. To, to feel like we can at least contribute in some way to make things better. You guys, the veteran community, have already been over there. You've been doing it for how many years? How, how many ever years you were, you were serving over there? Okay? But if you feel as though, or in the rest of us, anybody listening to this, if you feel powerless and you feel like you're getting sucked down in that hole because you're just seeing, and again, for me, it's not even what I'm seeing. It's what I'm not seeing. Again, we'll touch on this here in a second. There's there's an avenue in which to to engage. You can do something. So from a mental health standpoint, don't let yourself get sucked down into a dark hole. Understand, you got to remember, and I and I know that it's hard to wrap your head around it, but just be just because you don't see the impact that you have on someone or might have had on someone, doesn't mean that you didn't have a massive impact on their life for the better, number one. And number two, if you feel as though you can't do any, that, that, that you just, you feel powerless, get yourself active. Get out there. Talk to me. Talk to anybody. Talk. I don't give a shit who you talk. Get out and get active. It's why I really do like seeing so many of you in the veteran community that are active now with archery shops and, and hunting and, and you know, these competitions and blah, 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 blah. Good. Do more of it. And quite honestly, if you feel more compelled, get a hold of some of these pe- these organizations that are engaged with a, a similar parallel mission that you used to be involved with. 
but now you can do it from a, a, a non-governmental standpoint, okay? Don't let yourself get sucked down into that dark rabbit hole. I know I am guilty. I'm guilty. I'm guilty of it myself. I'm just telling you there is a way out and I don't want you to shortchange yourself. So for every single one of you that sent me your stories and messages, thank you. Thank you. It was awesome. The door's open, man. Any time you just need to vent, any time you see something going on and you're like, this is a bunch of bullshit or I'm, you know what? Damn it. I'm having a, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling right now because this is the anniversary that I lost my buddy or this is, I, you know, whatever. I don't give a shit what it is. My, my inbox, my, I don't, I, if you want my phone number, I'll give you my freaking phone number. Just don't hesitate to reach out. Okay. Just, you are, what you did was extremely valuable. Even though maybe this country at this moment, it just doesn't seem like it. Maybe it was, but it absolutely is. So for those wondering why I'm posting this humanitarian stuff, that's, again, that's part of it. it it's, it helps my collective conscious just to know that there's somebody out there actually doing something, for, uh, you know, from a benefit standpoint. And then it gives, gives all of us a, a mechanism by which we can engage as well. All right, so with that, I'm going to segue um, into kind of the, what I really wanted to touch on here is because of, you know, you heard my rant, and I stand behind it. And I stand behind it because, I, I mean, A, it's just because that's how I feel, number one. Number two, the, the, the sheer number of folks that feel the same way. There is a tendency to get really angry now yes am i angry yes anger is not the same as hate i have numerous times in my marriage been flaming pissed angry at my wife for various things and I know she's been flaming, pissed, angry at me. Like, like, serious anger on things. That doesn't mean I hate her. I love her. And quite honestly, the reason why I think we get angry sometimes, I think we get sometimes more more angry at people that we do love, that we do have respect for, that we do look up to, to, that we do value. Again, again, in that rant, what did I say? I had some serious issues and and I'll still to this day have the conversation if they ever want to with, with Jocko or, or Andy Stump or, you know, so many of these people that I looked at, looked up to, or look up to, and I didn't see action. I didn't perceive action, and it pissed me off. It's it's the fact that I do respect some of these people that that makes me angry when I when I perceive that they're not living up 
to my expectations of, of what I put in my head about who they are or who they are or who they what I who I thought they were and that's really why there's some of you that have expressed you know basically Chris shut the fuck up um because you perceive me as something a, a one one type of person and then all of a sudden I engage in a different realm that makes you feel uncomfortable and all of a sudden it's like what the hell why is this person letting me down why why is this person talking about the things that I hate to talk about and engage in and I just don't want to deal with that so Chris just shut the fuck up and go back to being Chris Rowe the the elk guy that just gives me that what I want okay I talked about in the beginning for me, it's baked into the cake. If, if you've ever, if you thought about, and I'm going to get into some ideology and, and brain function here in a minute and how people think here in a second, but your perception of me was limited in scope and you're just now becoming aware of all the other things that I have been and am and will be. So don't be dismayed. Again, I'm still the same guy that, and, and I and I hope that we can say, I mean, I hope you, you continue to say that if if you looked at me as someone that you looked up to or respected or valued or whatever however you want to put it i would hope that you would continue to do so even though you might be angry with me it's the same thing with me venting on you know with jocko or or andy or any of the other people that pissed me off when i saw in action all my friends like i said all those friends that again i'm i'm there's so many people that I just absolutely utterly disappointed me last year in their inaction on doing anything during the riots pissed me off but it pisses me off because I loved them and and I and I value them as friends and I know what their potential is I know what they could have done if they had only done something so it's okay to be angry it's okay to be angry at, at seeing what's going on and saying this is wrong and something needs to be done about it. It's it, it's okay to be angry in disappointment with people, but don't let yourself fall into the portion where you start saying, "I hate this person or these people." And and okay, so like I said, that there are just piles of messages that came in. But as you can imagine, there's a lot of similar thoughts expressed by a bunch of different people one of those thoughts and so I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna use the language of one comment but i'm not addressing this one comment i'm, I'm addressing the theme behind the comment because it was a theme and there are because it's the biden administration okay and we'll get into that in a little bit more there were people that said I'm really struggling or I'm just getting to the point now or I just flat do hate Democrats okay be careful with that because it's not just it's not Democrats because it, I don't want to how do I want to wade into this one be careful about, again, this is where understanding how people think, this is why I did that understanding ideology video. 
you have to remember different people physically think and process information differently than others. So if you see people acting a certain way that is pissing you off, I want you to do a couple of things. Number one, go back to what I just talked about in the beginning. I want you to stop and I want you to look and listen at this person. Like, get your try to remove your emotion from it. It's going to be difficult. But try to remove your emotion from it for a little bit. Can you identify, is there something in this person that I have common ground with? Yes or no? If yes, grab onto it. And start your 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 basis from there. And in this case, when we're talking about political issues that are affecting the country, infect, uh, affecting one another, or you know the the country on a global scale, are the people that you're upset at? Do they love this country? Do they love America? Yes or no? Do they love this country? If the answer is yes, I don't care where they are on the the ideological spectrum. I don't. Because I love this country. The reason why I'm passionate about what I'm passionate about and what I'm talking about now and why I'm ta- why I ranted about what I'm seeing and why I want to talk about this now is because I'm passionate I love this country. That is, that is my identity. I'm sorry. That If you go right down to the base core fundamental of what I've built my ideological framework from and, you know, the, the bedrock of it and up, it's, it's, it's my value set that holds this country and its ideals and its founding and why this country is what it is and, and the, the underlying principles of its, I guess, charter, if you will. That is, that's my bedrock. So yes, when I see my country fail to live up to or embrace or preserve or whatever whatever adjective you want to use, violate, there you go, those underlying bedrock principles, it hurts me to the core. But on the flip side, there are a lot of different people out there with a lot of different ideas in a lot of different ways to do things that all still do love this country. You can have, again, I'm going to release, so I want you to watch that video. When we're done with this, I want you to go watch the video Understanding Ideology when I get it posted because you're going to see that ideological spectrum is not a straight line. It's a circle. Okay? And you can have people on the le- okay so so on just so to talk about it real quick the ideological ideological spectrum is a circle and it's divided into basically pi you know just like you know just divided up 
if we just look at the circle and imagine 12 o'clock at the top of the circle and 6 o'clock at the bottom of the circle, 9 o'clock on the left side, 3 o'clock on the right side, okay? Like you're almost looking at a face of a, a dial of a clock. If you draw a line from 9 o'clock to 3 o'clock, everything above that line, from an ideological standpoint, in my mind, is a conservative mindset, process-oriented mindset. But we can draw, we can, we can divide that circle from 12 o'clock to 6 o'clock, and we can have the left side of the circle, and we have the right side of the circle. And, and that's a direct parallel with the left side, left political leaning, right political leaning, okay? So we can be on the right side of the circle, but we can be be, below that horizontal line, and we can be absolutely as progressive and, and authoritarian and controlling and narrow-minded as those people that are on the left side of the spectrum below that horizontal line. A progressive is a progressive. The way their their mindset works, a progressive is a progressive. You can be on the, uh, the left side of the spectrum or the right side of the spectrum, but a progressive ends, that mindset of ends justify the means. You can have it in both ways. Versus those people that are process-oriented. That there are rules, there are there's structure, there's right, there's wrong, there's how we should behave, there's what we should do, all those type of things. You could lump generally above that horizontal line. But again, above that horizontal line, we have people on the left and we have people on the right. Back in the day when I was growing up, you do I'd always hear my parents and, and people talk about those blue dog Democrats. Blue dog Democrats. What the hell is a blue dog Democrat? We don't even hear that conversation anymore. There are Democrats out there that yes, they 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 have a different. They love this country, they love the Constitution of the United States, they love the founding principles, they love everything about this country and and what it was founded on, and want to see the same exact same level of success and prosperity uh, with this country that that you might. They just have a different idea on where maybe priorities go or how much we should spend on this or that or how we should go about this or that. That's a discussion we can have. I would love to have those discussions these days. But it seems like we get further and further and further polarized out towards the the fringe edges of uh, the ideological spectrum. And there's reasons for that. I'm going to get into for a little bit. But when I hear people say, you know, Chris, I'm with you. I hate these people, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Be careful. Unless you're a, a, a flat-out socialist, communist, leftist, progressive, you know, postmodern progressive, no, I don't hate you. You know, I've got no use for If you're a leftist progressive and you want to see this, this country be completely transformed into a Marxist utopia and socialism and blah, 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 yeah, no, screw you. I've got no use for you. None. If you hate this country, I've got no use for you. I really don't. I, I hope that maybe my actions, my words, and maybe what I can do in the future maybe sways you to, to, to come back to the other side. But I, I don't. I, I really don't. However, if you love this country and you just have a different idea about it, no. We, we absolutely can have a conversation. It might be a difficult conversation, but I'm still going to have the conversation with you. And for everybody that that, that messaged and started saying, man, this, it's pissing me off and I hate these people, blah, blah, blah. Okay. 
ask yourself first, do you share common ground, a common idea, a common base framework of, I still love this country, but I'm just frustrated in what I'm seeing. They might, the people on the left, on the right side of the spectrum that love the country are going to probably be looking at things wildly different than people on the left side of the political spectrum. But as long as you guys are, uh, we're all above that horizontal line and we are all in, in this together and we love this country and we equally want to see it prosper and succeed, do not shut those people out. Do not polarize yourself further into that black hole of, of, you know, again, on that ideological spectrum, you go all the way around to like the five o'clock position on the, on the, the face of the dial. That's a dark place on the right, okay? It's a dark place. Don't let yourself get there. Do not let yourself, you know, it's funny. You, you, someone brought this up and it's true. You know, the, the Star Wars, Jesus, Pete, you know, don't let yourself slip into the dark side. Don't let the hate channel you into slipping into the dark side and to where there's no, there's, there's, you're beyond the point of no return. Okay. Don't let that happen. You're only going to be able to, uh, to not let that happen. If you first understand that you might be talking to someone that, that has the same common value set that you do. Okay. Just like us as hunters, we are sitting here talking and engaging in this, this, this discussion, and it may be uncomfortable at time or two. But we are all consumptive use wildlife enthusiasts. We all do the same thing. We are all out there passionate about the same thing. Again, we're going to get into some elk. I mean, elk season is rocking and rolling right now in a lot of Western states. And some people have asked me like, Chris, what are you doing talking about this stuff? This is elk season. This is your time. This is it. Well, I'm not the one who put the freaking bullshit timeline on this Afghanistan withdrawal and then started the freaking train wreck. So sorry, my attention got yanked off to the side for a little bit. And I think it's worth I think that, that I think what's going on there is more important for me in my elk hunt for right now. I'm going to get to my elk hunt. I'm going to get to other people's elk hunts. We're going to have some conversations and have some fun with what's going on in elk season as we move forward these next couple weeks. But for right now, my priority is a little different. Okay, but just like we were talking about, we have a fundamental common thread. We have a common anchor that we can tether ourselves to, that we're all hunters. The same thing goes when we're talking about difficult political things. Do we have a common thread? Do we have a common anchor that we can tether to, which is, I love this country. If the answer is yes, right there, you need to have a, a, a higher level of respect. You need to have a higher level of emotional maturity, intellectual maturity, to, at this point, to have a discussion and be able to wrestle out ideas with them. Because don't overlook the fact that you might engage with them at an intellectual level and you might come away changed a little bit. You might have a better perception on what's going on in their mind that you didn't even think about. We always think about, and this is, you know, I talked about this, that conflict fantasy, you know, let's let's tie it in with, with elk hunting. You know, so many people want to use a bugling strategy because we want to go out there and act like this big, bad, blah, 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 you know, beast on the mountain that's going to go out there and scream a bugle in a, an elk's face. We're going to get him enraged. He's going to come, quote unquote, come in looking for a fight. You know, okay. You know what I think about that. But we have this conflict fantasy of where we're going to do something. We're going to vocalize. 
And the other thing that we're vocalizing at is going to be defeated or acquiesce or do what I want them to do. And we're, we're going we're gonna to put ourselves forward on the landscape in a dominant manner. Okay, well, guess what? Just like I talk about with, with MMA, you put two fighters in the ring. Both of those fighters go in the ring and they think they are that person. I'm going to dominate the other person. Well, guess what? The other person says, no, I'm going to dominate the other person. And they go into the ring, both of them truly believing they're going to dominate the other person. And then what happens? Someone loses. Someone loses. When you go into intellectual battle, so to speak, if we're going into it only to win, um, be careful. Because you just might get your ass handed to you. Of course you think you're going to win when you go into that quote-unquote battle. That Twitter tirade. That Facebook feud, if you will. Just When you start launching on social media, of course we think we're going to win. We're we're going to we're going to put we're going to be dominant on the on the discussion. We're going to we're going to just stop them. Uh, maybe. But and I'm guilty of it. I'm not this is not I'm I'm trying not to be a hypocrite on I mean that's one of my biggest things. I I hate hypocrites and I try not to be a hypocrite. And if I am ever a hypocrite, I want you to call me out on it. But be careful always just thinking that the other person you're talking to is the enemy, that they don't have anything beneficial to say, that you hate them, that they are not worthy of your consideration, that you don't need to discuss with them, and that you're when you engage with them, that you're just going to engage in them with this vicious rhetoric, with this conflict fantasy going on in your head where I'm going to crush them. Because A, you might not. They might come back and crush you. B, you might tarn, and this is what I've been criticized with, and this is what my friends and family have been telling me, Chris, be careful, talk about it. Chris, be careful, you don't want to alienate, Chris, be careful. Okay, I understand that. But the, the, but they're they're right, they're absolutely right. I need to be careful that I'm not alienating some of you. I'm not trying to alienate some, some, some of you. Some of you, I don't give a crap. But I'm not trying to alienate anybody. I'm just trying to engage you a little bit more cerebrally, a little bit more intellectually, emotionally, from a mature standpoint to where to get you to think and allowed me to have the process of thinking. This to me is educational for myself as well. Being able to really formulate my ideas and thoughts and really trying to get a handle on what I truly believe. And that's important. So when you're de- when for those that reached out and said, man, I'm hating these people right now. Okay, hold up. If they love the country and they just think differently to you, I don't care if you're on the left and you're looking at someone on the right, or if you're on the right, you identify politically on the right side of the spectrum and you're looking at the Democrats and you're like, I hate them. Or if you're a Democrat and you're looking at the, the Republicans or the, you know, doesn't, we can call them the re Trumplicans, okay? Like uber Trumpers, okay? Hold up. Don't be cast in hate and 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 angst just yet. Do do they love this country? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, you got something there that you can build from. At this point, go into the engagement. Yes, you go ahead. Try to make your argument and try to influence the other person's ability to think and the way they think. But do not shut down the possibility that you yourself might be able to be swayed 
by what they say. And that's not to say that you're going to completely fundamentally change your mind. No, all it is is maybe you hear something from them that helps you solidify or identify or tweak or or perfect what you believe. This back and forth, that intellectual maturity that we need to collectively develop as a society is important because it helps all of us elevate the level of dialogue and the, the the level of input that we're putting into the system, which means some point we're going to get the benefits back out from it. You know, again, you hear people talk all the time about, you know, in various capacities, you've heard this you know, phrase garbage in garbage out. Okay. If you're got a, you're running a computer program, if you just put garbage into the computer program, you're going to get garbage out of the computer program. If you build a machine and the machine is garbage and you just put machine you put garbage into the machine, it's going to puke out garbage, okay? So we need to stop interjecting garbage into the dialogue, garbage into the society. At some point, we're going to have to have emotionally mature and intellectual maturity to, to be the ones to stop inputting garbage. And that's going to come in here in a minute about ripping the Band-Aid off. Okay, that's another one that came, that's another general thread that came out in this discussion. How do we rip the band? How do we stop all this? Because, well, it's everybody else's fault. and it's, it's everybody's fault. Okay, hold on. But that's going to be a, a, a key here. Collectively, as a society, we each need to rip the Band-Aid off and we need to start to heal. We need to put more, more, more better. We need to put more better. We need to put better input, intellectual and emotional input into the system. So that way we can start getting better emotional and intellectual output from the system, if that makes sense. Okay, so there we go. That was a long way around. Don't hate somebody if they have common ground. Now, here's the other portion that is that is critical here. And this is a portion of what would be a part two on understanding ideology. And I don't have it perfected. I'm still wrapping my head around it. But it really centers around what um, Jordan Peterson... No. Well, it centers around uh, Dr. Ian McGilchrist, his book, A Master and His Emissary. It talks about how the human brain is set up. No, no, it doesn't. It talks about how a brain is set up because the same thing happens with animals, with birds, with other mammals. Okay. We are an animal. We are a mammal. We just happen to have a very highly developed brain, but our brain structure and the, the way it thinks is identical in many regards to a bird, a chicken or a monkey or whatever, all sorts of other species out there. So this what I want to what I want to share with you really centers around his work a master and his emissary and it's talking about the right hemisphere of your brain versus your left hemisphere of your brain. Now we're not talking about what's generally for those that are familiar with left brain right brain um concepts it's similar but different. Um, this is a, this is kind of as, as a, as a higher level discussion, uh, uh, 30. So if we, if you, if you're, if you're, you know, if you've ever been told you're a left brain type of person, or you've, you've been told you're a right brain type of person, uh, or your personality is r- right brain versus left brain, maybe that's the 5,000 foot view of what's going on in your head. What 
Ian McGilchrist's book, A Master and His Emissary, that would be like the 30,000 foot view. Okay. So it's related, but it's, it, this is a, in a, in a, in a broader context. Um, Dr. Peterson had a podcast with him talking about that book, and it was a phenomenal, phenomenal discussion, and I would highly recommend you listening to that. It will help you get your head wrapped, because this, that book, I, I've, I've gone through his book. I'm, I've got to go through it again. I haven't even gotten technically all the way through it. it it's just massively intellectual, and, it, and it's meat and potatoes that you've got to chew on, but it's just, it, it's right up there with Thomas Sowell. I've talked about that in the past, uh, A Conflict of Visions, where it's like every sentence is heavy to where you read like two or three sentences. You've got to stop and process because your brain is just, just on fire. Just going, okay, wait a minute. What about this, this, that, and the other thing? How that, and just so many connections start getting made and you can start seeing things so much clearer. That's, that's the way, uh, Ian McGilchrist's uh, book is. It's just incredible. So it, it, it takes a lot to chew through, but the podcast with Jordan Peterson is absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And then the other part of this is going to touch into what Brett Weinstein um, talked about with, uh, again, Jordan Peterson. Uh, but Brett and his wife Heather on the Dark Horse podcast, they, you know, okay, so they're, at, you know, Brett's an evolutionary uh, biologist. And um, anyway, you follow that. In the Dark Horse podcast, I've, I've linked to, you know, I've posted, shared some of their stuff. Uh, it's it's fast it's fascinating because they do go into evolutionary biology and, and why things do what they do. It's very behavior oriented. That's why I geek out on it because it 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 goes down the line of why does an organism do what an organism does and how has that changed or been preserved over time for the survival and the benefit of that species. So these two those two discuss so two discussions one with Brett Weinstein and Jordan Peterson the other one with Jordan Peterson and Ian McGilchrist. And here's the thing. We need to remember that different people think differently. And I don't mean you believe differently. I mean you fundamentally, fundamentally, physically, your brain processes inputs, sight, what you see, sound, what you hear, what you taste, what you smell, what you touch, what you, all of the inputs in the physical environment around you. Will, will absolutely affect, or not, yeah, how do I want to put this? I don't, I don't want to jump forward. All the inputs around you are going to become, are going to come into your brain. And based on a variety of factors, how you process reality and the world around you can be wildly different than how someone else receives the exact same inputs and then develops their perception of what their reality is based on what they... You just witnessed and you saw the exact same thing. You just watched this train wreck in Afghanistan. But why does it seem like we have two different reactions? On one side, we have some of us that are like, what the freaking, why are you not, re, you know, how are you not seeing this as a train wreck and why are you not responding to it? Versus there is another chunk of the society that is literally looking at us going, what the hell are you looking at and why do you care? 
on both sides of that, it's coming from a fundamental difference in how those individuals process the reality that they are literally witnessing. And, and no, 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 it's no, it's not reality. It's, it's, it's the difference between those two different people processing the input completely differently and generating a mental map of the reality that they perceive is the better way to put it because what you how you input information is going to shape I just talked about this on an elk. So again, we, we roll back to why is this relevant to elk stuff? Because this is literally the same thing we, I just talked about. How many times am I talking about elk behavior? Why are elk doing what they're doing? I just posted, I, I did the, the seminar at the Iowa Deer Classic and I posted it on the Elk Institute, the, the elk module, elk psychology. What is driving their perception on the landscape? It's genetic predisposition, how they're hardwired. It's their learned behavior, what they experience. And then number three, it's their temperament, their personality. All three of those things goes into how an elk is going to respond or or, are going to hear your calling from where you're set up on the landscape, how you're calling, when you're calling, locate, all of it. They're going to, they're going to hear that input or they're going to, they're going to receive all that input. And depending on those three factors, genetic hardwiring, learned behavior and temperament or personality, they're going to perceive you differently than maybe another elk. All right. Same thing with humans. It's not any different. This is why this is important. I, t- I talk all the time about being a better caller, be- being a better elk caller and, and, and talking to them in a better, more efficient, efficient. What is it? Efficiency. I talk about in an efficient manner. What are we talking about here? Talking to someone in a more efficient manner. But in order to do that, we have to understand how people process. Okay. So Amy Gilchrist talks about the right hemisphere of the brain, the, the master and then the left hemisphere of the brain, the emissary. Okay, if you think about a master and his emissary, a master, he's an emissary. The, someone is in charge, and then an emissary goes out and does certain tasks for the master. And that emissary might not have all of the information that the master has, but they know everything about what that task, that bundle of information that they were given from the master. I, the master says, here, this is important. Go execute this. Okay. And then the emissary is the one that has the authority to go out and do and manifest that thing on the landscape. But it's a tight bundle. Okay. So that's why he he titled that book the way it is. Because the left hemisphere, generally speaking, is the, the side of the brain that is looking at everything. All right. It's, 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 it's bringing all the different uh, inputs, all the different stimuli. All, everything that, you know, is this a danger? Is this a, is, is this safe? Is this a tool? Is this an inanimate object that's useless? Is this food? Is this not food? Is this a threat? Is this uh safety? Is, you know, 
It's, it's, it's evaluating everything that's coming through the eyes, coming through the ears, coming through the hands and the smell and the taste. It's evaluating all of that. And then it's pulling out of that input what is useful, what is not. If there is something useful or there's something that is important, it can bundle that package and ship it off and, and literally send it over to the left hemisphere of the brain, the emissary. That left hemisphere of the brain handles things in packages, in groups. It doesn't, it doesn't worry about all of the things that the right hemisphere has already processed. The right hemisphere of the brain has already done the gross analysis, the, 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 the teasing out of all different factors. There's a million shades of gray. There's on the right hemisphere of the brain is, is there's nuance. There's, there's different, there's, there's differentials there. There's, 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 this isn't black and white. This is a dark shade of gray, but this is a little bit lighter shade of gray here. For instance, example, if you're wading in the Nile river and all of a sudden you turn around and there is a massive crocodile swimming your way. Your brain is going to take all those inputs and go, there's a crocodile. Danger. Versus. You can be at the zoo and you could be six inches, uh, 12 inches from a Nile, giant Nile crocodile. And they're on the other side of six inch tempered glass. It's the same animal. It's same, same Nile crocodile. But in one situation, it's danger. In another situation, it's completely harmless to you as an organism. So the right hemisphere is looking at all these things and making the determination. Yes, it's a, your left hemisphere might be going, crocodile, danger. Your right hemisphere is going, yeah, but. Okay, yeah, but. It evaluates all the shades of gray. It evaluates all of the factors at play and it differentiates how certain inputs rank as their level of importance or relevance. Again, remember this, nuance, shades of gray. The left hemisphere does not do that. The left hemisphere, once it gets a, once it has been told, and this is a key part, when the right hemisphere of the brain tells the left hemisphere, when the right hemisphere of the brain sends the left hemisphere a package of information, a package of value set and said, this is important. The left hemisphere grabs that package and it goes to work on it, man. It goes to work to perfect it. It solidifies it, encodes it, it, it canonizes it. It just absolutely makes, that is the most important thing. Within that package of information, the left hemisphere is putting all, everything of the most important things are all, this is just this, it's black and white. It's, it's this package. It's this grouping. You, all this information belongs in here and the left hemisphere perfects it. But the right hemisphere can be doing other things too. And then all of a sudden grab a different package of information says, oh, but this is important as well. Bam, left hemisphere grabs it. 
if it is directly related to the first package, then okay, it gets bundled in the first package. But if it's slightly different or, or it can be different, the left hemisphere will bundle that in a completely different package. Imagine, imagine if the right hemisphere, how do I want to put this? Imagine the right hemisphere, you've got this massive table and all the information is scattered out across that table. There might be some loose assemblages here and there, but all the information is scattered out across this massive table. All these papers, all these, all the, all the details of everything is all scattered out across this table. In the left hemisphere, you've got a filing cabinet. You've got a drawer and you've got a, fi- you, you've got a file. Bam, there it is. That file holds that thing in that drawer. Next, next topic. Ah, that's in this file in this drawer. Left, left hemisphere bundles these packages together. And again, the left hemisphere does not worry itself about what the right hemisphere is doing. In the left hemisphere world, it's almost irrelevant because the only thing that matters for the left hemisphere is what's in those packages of information in that left hemisphere. And it believes, oh, again, these are deep freaking concepts. I, do, I, I'm, I still don't have a good handle on. I mean, I understand them, but how to articulate them. There, in, in the, again, here we go. In the wildlife world with turkeys, um, Levitt Williams used to be, a, he was a, a turkey. Um, was it Levitt Williams? There's a, there's a country singer, and then there was another one. Both, both had a similar name. So anyway. Um, there was a turkey researcher from back east that uh, back, I mean, long time back, back before I, when I was a kid, just learned about turkey hunting. That said, the, the what makes a wild turkey, you know, people are saying, you know, wild turkeys are the smartest animals on the on the landscape. And then you've got other people that are like, what are you talking about? I, they're all over my yard. I could walk out there and smack one upside the head with a baseball bat. They're the stupidest birds on the freaking planet. Why do you guys get passionate about going turkey hunting and, and chasing stupid birds? Whereas the other person is like, what the hell are you talking about? They're the smartest thing. No. What makes a turkey a turkey? And this was one thing that, that, I, that always resonated with me from a behavioral standpoint on a turkey. A turkey is one of the few animals that believes everything it perceives 100%. What do I mean by that? Let's take a deer. If you're out in the woods and you're, let's say, you're, let's say you're still hunting a deer or you're in a tree stand with deer or elk, doesn't matter. You're hunting elk and they're in front of you and they're relaxed and you move slightly and they catch your movement and wham, their head goes up and they're looking in your direction. Okay. How often do you sit there and you watch that animal? They're like, what's going on? What's going on? The ears. And then they may, maybe they put their head down and, and then snap their head back up, do, basically do that head fake, you know, trying to get you to move. But here's the thing. At some point, if you don't move and your outline's broken up and they can't smell you, what you're hoping for and what oftentimes happens is they start to doubt themselves. They start to doubt whether or not they actually saw danger. 
they start to doubt whether or not they actually saw a movement over there. Was there actually a sign? I don't, I guess there wasn't. Maybe there was. They, they start to have this internal discussion of, was it real? Was it not real? Is it danger? Is it not danger? They start to doubt themselves. And oftentimes that doubt translates into, they just put their head back down. They're like, ah, no, I'll second guess myself. No, it wasn't danger. I'll rationalize it away and I'll just go back to feeding. And sometimes that leads to the demise of that animal because we finally get a shot off or, or maybe we were drawing our bow or wanted to draw our bow and then they, the animal goes back to feeding and we're finally able to get the shot off on them. Okay? They second guess themselves. A turkey almost never does that. If a turkey catches something and it in, its initial reaction is danger, it doesn't, it just doesn't, it doesn't, even, no, it's danger, danger, ah, danger, ah, I'm out. They're going to move. They're going to adjust. They're going to course correct. They're going to adjust. They believe it 100%. My initial reaction is this. I believe it 100%. End of discussion. If they think, no, something's not danger. Literally, you can go up and start pushing. No, it's not danger. It's not danger. I don't have to worry about it. They don't second guess themselves. Okay, so it's a it's a beautiful example. If you if you're a passionate turkey hunter, if, if you've studied turkey behavior, you can start going down the line. And you're like, yeah, that's yeah. If you watch how you know with a, with a tom with a with a with a, a whether it's a strutter decoy or a Jake decoy or whatever, if that tom perceives that decoy as a bird that's a threat in that area. You literally can walk up to him sometimes and grab him by the feet or smack him in the head. Jay Scott's got pictures, video of uh, of us doing it. I did it with him down there, like rolling rocks. I had to, in order for get, to get the bird away from the decoy, I literally had to get up and start walking towards the turkey to get him off that decoy because he was so convinced that that, that turkey decoy was another bird that he needed to engage that he was completely and utterly 100% locked onto that object and could not be snapped out of it, okay? That is the type of thinking left brain, or not, no, no, left hemisphere. I don't want to confuse left brain, right brain thoughts, okay? Left hemisphere type thinking. So wrapped up, utterly, completely believing what it is that they perceived And what did they perceive? They didn't perceive anything. The right hemisphere sent them a package of information, said, this is such. And the left hemisphere went, got it. I believe it. And it will defend that belief until something significant cracks that thing, that package open and causes the left hemisphere to reconsider. And that's significant, man. The left hemisphere resists change within that package it does not want to discard that package of information i hope that makes sense i hope that makes sense why is that all relevant who gives a shit what are we talking about here it's because the last especially the last 20 years if we think about it think about what let's let's not even talk about um advert no we have to god dang it it, let's just let's just stick with the last twenty years. The development the development of social media, the development of computers, the development of the internet, and the competition 
for our attention from an advertising standpoint, from a marketing standpoint. We're not talking about anything nefarious here. I'm just talking about how how you are approached to get your attention on something. Back in the day when it was just the television, you had television ads. And we hated television ads because it seemed like there was just more and more ads on television constantly. You'd get like five minutes of, of TV programming, seven minutes of advertisements. You know, it was just stupid. Look at the look at the model that we have right now. What is it, six and a half, seven minutes of content? And then you've got, what, three, three and a half minutes of, um, or whatever it is, of advertisements. And then another seven, seven minutes or so of, it's partitioned out that way. And it's framed that way for a purpose to, to capture your attention from an advertising standpoint. But when it was, ad, when it was, was the, just the television, you had television, you had print media and the advertisements in print media, which you still have today. But that was, a, you, ha, you had this limited, people had, the, had a limited ability to capture your attention. Um, meaning, say you're a small business. And you brought a, a, you had a product you wanted to bring to market. If you were going to advertise, and I've been in this boat because when we first started row hunting resources, I thought about advertising in magazines and such. And it's it it costs it it costs a lot of money. <clears throat> I mean, it really really costs a lot of money. And so you did not have all manufacturers, all products out there on the landscape that you were aware of. You would actually have to organically stumble upon some of these products in the store or whatever and discover them to know that they actually exist or word of mouth because you didn't see it on television because it was too expensive to put an ad on television. You didn't see it in the magazine article in the magazine you read because it was too expensive to put in the magazine. Bring on the internet. Now all of a sudden it becomes over time more and more much more easy to put information on the internet for everybody to grab. And it's a hell of a lot cheaper. Now, in the early days, it was expensive. But right about about 2010, this is why I started, what Kelly and I started Row Hunting Resources in 2010, it started to become where you could, the, the user themselves could actually start to build stuff on the internet and start to do things at a very cheap and inexpensive way. Rel- relatively cheap and inexpensive way. Now it's stupidly easy. But back then, that's about the time when all of a sudden you could start to see more and more diversity of product, more and more diversity of information out there because it was easier for people to get it out there. So now because there's more information out there, your attention gets scattered in more and more places. And your ability to process all that information becomes diminished it, it, it becomes it can it can become overwhelming you're getting so much again your right hemisphere is trying to make heads or tail of all these products all these go back to my original conversations with Aaron Snyder at Kafaru about when we were, when I was rolling back when I when I decided to to move over and start using Kafaru products we talked about backpacks and, and Aaron would be like, I've already done all the analysis because Kefaro had just a piss pile of different packs and they still do. They had so many different products. It was hard to wrap my head around, but I'm the guy, I'm a right brain or no, 
I'm a right hemisphere type thinking person. And so I needed to analyze everything. Aaron had already done all that. And Aaron's like, no, you all you need is this. And he, he just wanted to give me this little bundle of package of information and send it over to my left hemisphere of my brain. So just go buy this pack. Well, I didn't because that's not who I am. And so I went back and forth and back and forth asking questions. I drove him absolutely batshit crazy just going, you know, just because I wanted to know all the things. But it was overwhelming to know all the things about Kafaru backpacks at the time. But I still wanted to tease through them, okay? But there are other people, and this is, re, again, this is why Aaron was trying to do this with me. He was like, no, 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 I've already done it for you. Just trust me, go this direction. Now, I ultimately did, and there's a lot of people that do that. They're like, awesome, cool. And they take that information, they run with it, they get the backpack, and they're like, this thing's awesome. This is the greatest thing ever. Thanks, Aaron. And Aaron's like, you bet, and moving on, and everybody's happy in their life. Whereas me, I that's not, who, that's not how I think. That's not how my brain processes. That's not how I lean on my, my thinking. And so I had to pick everything apart myself. And guess what? I ended up with a backpack that was similar to what Aaron was, was going for, but it was a different pack that Aaron did not think that I needed this, that, or that. Well, come to find out, no, I love it. I love this pack. I, the reason why I love this pack is because I went through all the analysis. I went through all the gyrations of figuring out this product. I am the one that came up with a value set that my right hemisphere is the one that evaluated all the different size options, all the different pocket associations, all the different, all the different arrangements and how a pack can be put together. My right hemisphere came up with all of that and then analyzed that information and then put a hierarchy in place to where it said, okay, this is the value set. And it sent that, it said, this is what we want. Bam, send it over to the left brain and here we go. Awesome. So I picked a backpack. That was not what Aaron recommended, but I love the damn thing. I still use it today. It's mine because my brain made it mine. There's so much information going on in the world that it started becoming more and more difficult for people to process this, that right hemisphere has got to process all the information, good, bad, danger, safe, food, not food, tool, inanimate object, threat, safety, all that. Okay. And when we're talking about gear, think about all the little things that we could, we could tear apart. We'll enter into the, 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 the framework of all this social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Google. Okay. To our, to our Twitter. What did that do? All of a sudden now we have this, this tool that allows us to engage in people with people that we never, that we didn't have a way to engage before. We might have to pick up the phone and call them and, and reconnect with our friend from high school uh, or whatever. But how often did we really do that? But now all I need to do is follow that person and I can see pictures and I can see video and I can hear what they're talking about and we can talk back and forth. And all of a sudden this became this wildly popular platform where people wanted to engage. Again, we're not going to talk about anything nefarious here. That's not the point of this. Just from an altruistic, just a pure mechanism, mechanistic standpoint, all of a sudden in social media, you got two things going. Number one, we still have products out there on the landscape that, that people want you to buy. And your attention is now scattered way more than it ever used to be because now with it being so easy to put those products on the internet, 
you have access to all sorts of information out there. So in some way, shape, or form, advertisers have to get your, get your attention easier, more completely. Uh, don't let me forget Simon Sinek. If you, if you, if anybody knows who Simon Sinek is, I'm going to get to him in a minute. You look him up. He's, he's got an awesome discussion on why, um, which obviously resonates with me because that's what I, that's what we, that's what I'm about. Why understanding why from 1999 until now, why do critters do what they're doing? Why are we talking about human brain function right now? Because it has to do with what's going on in the world and our perception of it. So Simon Sinek. Okay. I'm going to get to him in a second, but his name just popped in my head. Um, you have all these advertisers that have to figure out a way to get your attention, okay? Likewise, social media starts to grow massively to where you are following hundreds of people and hundreds of people are following you, maybe thousands of people are following to where now there's there's just this, there's literally, I, it wouldn't surprise me now if it's in the trillions, but the, the connections on social media back and forth on who's doing what and connecting here and how. If you're following 300 people and those 300 people are posting two different things a day, that's 600 different things that get posted in a day. And then you're posting your stuff and you're sending it out there. And all of a sudden, from from an algorithm standpoint, from a Facebook and Instagram, a, a YouTube standpoint, it becomes absolutely unwieldy trying to figure out how to get content out to people. Because if they just did it in chronological chronological order, <clears throat> are you going to scroll down? So, so all of your friends post their stuff. 300, you have 300 Facebook friends. And those 300 people post two things. Are you going to get to all 600 of those posts in a day? Maybe now some people will, but if you start getting to, you're following a thousand different people, you're, you're following, you get to the point where you can't, you can't go through it all. You're missing stuff. You, it becomes too unwieldy for your own social media presence. So this is where Facebook and so, you know, YouTubes and all the others, that's where the algorithms come in and it's twofold. Number one, how do we make sense of what all this massive amount of data is? Number one. And number two, from a monetary standpoint, when, when they started advertising, how do we get advertisers, how do we get a, a more effective advertisement in, into people's heads? Well, you go and you look at the left hemisphere versus the right hemisphere way of thinking. The right hemisphere is the one doing all the analysis. It's highly costly. It takes a lot of resources. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy to process through all of that. The left hemisphere of your brain doesn't give two rips about all that shit. All it cares about is what the left or the right hemisphere sends it. I don't give a crap about all your analysis. What's important? Right hemisphere. Okay. After all of my analysis, this is important. Thank you. And the left hemisphere goes, thank you. Awesome. Now I don't have to worry about all of that shit. I can just, I can just take this. And the left hemisphere 
and Ian McGilchrist, they go into all this. Brett Weinstein talks about, you know, that you guys talk, they talk about the dopamines and the um, serotonins and blah, 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 blah. But the dopamine, <clears throat> that stimulate, what the brain wants. The brain likes things to be as easy as possible. The brain will, it, I don't say it will always, but there is a proclivity by many people to let their left hemisphere of their brain do the bulk of the cognitive thinking in a day. And I say that because of this. The algorithm on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube started to take the place of your right hemisphere. Facebook said, okay, there's way too much information here. We will put together an algorithm to help narrow down your choices, to help make sense of all the noise that's going on out there. So we're going to put together an algorithm that gives you what you want. Okay, that feedback, that positive feedback loop, that dopamine. Left hemisphere is where that is just rocking, okay? So the algorithm takes the place of all that analysis, that external analysis. Now, some people are still, again, I'm a right hemisphere type of person thinking, okay? That's how I, that's how I think. I always have been from a kid, and that's important here in a second. And there still are those right hemisphere type of people, that, thinking type people. But more and more over the years, the, especially now younger generation that have grown up with a significant amount of their life has been within the framework of the internet that has been within the framework of social media and has been within the framework of computer algorithms taking away the vast majority of the noise and the external analysis of everything else going on and just giving the left hemisphere what the left hemisphere of the brain wants, you have this pattern where more and more and more of society no longer exercises the right hemisphere of the brain like they engage the left hemisphere of their brain. Again, remember the left hemisphere, package of information. All or nothing, black and white. This is true, everything else is false. I'm emotionally invested in this package of information. I'm not in, in emotionally invested in it, in someone else's package of information because it has not internalized to me and become real to me. And at this point, I might not even know why this package of information was sent to me because it was sent by an algorithm but I latched onto it because it, it tapped into my emotional desire for such and such. Again, you have heard me talk in the past. You can never reason a man out of something they were never reasoned into. Why? If, in a, if you trigger an emotional response and the left hemisphere just latches onto it and bundles that and says, this is important. That wasn't done by analysis. That wasn't done by logic and reason. It was done through emotion. And it, it triggered the emotional centers of the left hemisphere. 
and it encoded it. It doesn't matter what you throw at it now. It's already been bundled. It's already been packaged. The only way you're going to crack that package is if is an equal and opposite uh, emotional response. Something that's significant enough to crack that package, that bundled information in that left hemisphere. The right hemisphere, become because it's not been activated, it's not been used, it's just like your muscles. Okay, I am so freaking out of shape right now. We I've talked about my, my COVID stuff, long COVID, blah, blah, blah. We'll talk more about that in the future. But I have not worked my muscles. And the other day, I, I, I needed to do some stuff that required some heavy lifting and some dynamic movement and that type of stuff. And holy freaking hell. Oh yeah, I, yep, I, yep, there's a muscle back there. Forgot all about you exist. Yep, now I'm, yeah, because you hurt like hell now. Why? Because I didn't work it. Just like your physical muscles, just like your joints and your plasticity, your, your flexibility on your joints, if you're not flexing your joints, stretching your joints, stretching your muscles, moving your muscles, they will harden and atrophy. The same thing goes with your brain. It's not easy work to exercise the right hemisphere of your brain. The analytical part, not analytical, sorry. The evaluating portion of your brain. And if you look at youth these days, maybe they were born in 2020. By the time they were 10 years old, they've got the internet. By the time they're 20, they've spent half their life or yeah, half their life on social media. And quite honestly, the, the formative years of those teenage, those preteen and teenage years of brain development has been in, embedded into an algorithm that takes away the responsibility of the large portion of the right hemisphere thinking. That analysis, looking at all the shades of gray. Remember, we go back to the right hemisphere, nuance. Shades of gray. Some things are important, some things are not, but they're related, and this gives me a scale of one to ten. And this is how this is why. And all of the on the table, on this massive table outspread in front of us, all the information is there. It's all touching one another. It's all related with one another. There's some there's some priorities here and there, but all the information is there that you can reach in and tap from, and it's all somewhat important. You're 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 still going through it and and, and deciphering it. Again, that's 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 work, man. That's mental work. It's a hell of a lot easier just to walk over to a file cabinet and pull out a file. Well, if you have someone or something that steps in between the table and the file cabinet and says, here, I tell you what, I'll uh why don't, why don't you go over there and look at that really cool, pretty picture? I'm gonna take some of this stuff on the table, I'm gonna put it in the, the filing cabinets for you. Huh, awesome. That would really help. And so you go over here and look at this pretty picture. And meanwhile, there's file folders going in the, in the file cabinet. At some point, it's so much easier for you just to go into the left hemisphere type of file cabinet grouping and just constantly go back and dip into that type of thinking than it is for you to go over and engage on that higher level thinking uh, of analysis. And I'm saying that because what you have now with the internet, Simon Sinek, I brought him up. Okay, so the reason why I brought him up is because from an advertising standpoint, and the same thing goes with, listen to his stuff, it's awesome. He has a a YouTube video, uh, he talks about this all over the place. He's got a book on it, uh, The Why, and how to communicate to people. 
And from whether it's from a business marketing standpoint, an advertising standpoint, or in, a, in the exact same vein that we're talking about right now, how do I, how do I connect with someone else's ideology? How do I connect with someone else's brain and, and, and tap, how do I get into their brain? If they're not used to, again, the younger generation right now, and those, and I, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful manner, those that like, how do I want to put this? Maybe your life is so chaotic in other places that you just go to social media for an escape. It becomes a drug. And everybody talks about the addiction of, of social media. Why? Because it's easy. It's easy brain function. These feed, we, It's easy to get in a, in a positive feedback loop. And the algorithm is going to give you that positive feedback loop. Why? Because of the why. If you think about a target, Simon Sinek talks about this target. Imagine a bullseye. Three can say, you got the bullseye, you got an outer ring, and then one more outer ring from that. In the bullseye is the why. The, the, the W-H-Y. Why is something important. On the far outer edge of that ring, of that bullseye, are all the details surrounding the why. In that middle ring, are all of the relevant details that directly re- directly relate to the why. Okay, so on the far outer ring, you can have all sorts of shit going on out there. It revolves around the why, but it doesn't have direct connectivity to the center bullseye. It's the far outer ring. The intermediate ring is are those pieces of information that directly relate the outside of that ring to the interior why. Okay? He gives an, uh, 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 an example of IBM computers back when they started, really when computers started going, versus Apple computers. And I'll, I'll let you watch it because he, he just crushes it. But the nutshell is this. The reason why Apple computers absolutely just destroyed IBM in the consumer market, the the personal individual computer market. How many people have have a Mac computer versus how many of you are running an IBM laptop or whatever for your personal use? Okay, the vast majority of people are running a Mac. Why? Well, because of why. Back in the day when computers just first came out, no one knew what a computer was. And so for schools and libraries and businesses and all that, it became a a, a function of, okay, I've got somebody in the IT department. Hell, they, they weren't, they didn't even have an IT department back then. Someone in the purchasing department had to do all the analysis to say, okay, which one do I want? and, And how do I want to do this? So they started looking at back in the day, IBM started, they are the ones that first came on scene and they were talking about all of the stuff that was on the outer circle of that bullseye. Our computers are this fast and they have this much storage and you can do this on them and you can do that on them and this is the price point and this is why this is a better fit for the, you know. And then and then it was, this is a why of why this fits for your, your business or your school or whatever. And so purchasing departments ended up buying a lot of those to start. But once computers really started hitting the market and people wanted to start buying them, most people don't give two raps, two crip, you know, two craps about RAM and and I don't even know the name. I don't even. I'm not a. I'm not a computer. People, speed and storage and this. 
it gets lost in the weeds. I don't know. I just want something that's going to function for me. Okay, so what did Apple computers do? So IBM started and they focused on that outer ring of all the details of what their computer did. And then they finally, over time in the conversation, in the ad, finally worked its way to the why, the, the, the middle part of that bullseye of why do you want this piece of equipment? Apple did it 180 degrees opposite. Apple went straight to the why. Do you want to connect with your friends? Do you want to watch awesome video? Do you want to share that video with the whole world? Do you want to be a part of something that you are out there that is new and emerging and cool and awesome and fun and all these things? You can be that. We've developed the iMac and it'll let you do all those awesome things. And then, oh, by the way, the awesome things are this and this and that and this and this and that and this and that. Here's the speed and here's the memory and here's the, the function and blah, 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 the video package and all that. They went straight to the why. What did they do? They tapped, they, IBM went to the right hemisphere thinking. Here are all the analytics. Here are all the things to think about. Here are all the options we give you. Here's this is good and that. Well, this is faster and this is slower, but this one is more memory, but this one, okay, but speed is going to be important. Okay, for, so for what we're doing, we've got, in this case, we need a computer to run things. So actually speed is going to be important, but we also need the memory to be able to handle it. So all that right brain hemisphere thinking is going on there. And at some point, somebody makes a decision versus Apple. Who gives a shit about all that? You want cool. You want new. You want awesome. You want to connect. You want to be involved with everybody. They went straight to the Y. They went straight to the left brain, the the left hemisphere. And they tapped right straight into that emotional little package and said, you like videos? You like, you want to connect with people? You like this ooh, ah, blah, blah? Yes. Awesome. Here's, here's your value set. Here's the package of information. Oh, by the way, this computer fits in that package. What did you do? You went, awesome, I'm buying that computer. Done. You didn't even think about it because it tapped into that emotional left hemisphere thinking. Look at GoPro cameras. And when they first came out and they marketed GoPro cameras, did they focus on all the technical specifications on the camera when it first came out and when they wanted to market a GoPro camera to you, did they market it based on all the technical specifications of that camera? Or, which would have been to the left, or excuse me, the right hemisphere thinking. Or did they go straight to, they put the images of really attractive, young, fit, athletic people in front of you doing insanely cool shit surfing, skydiving, you know, what at racing, but all these cool, amazing images in front of you. And then said, do you want to be a part of that? Do you want to be able to do that? Do you want to be able to share that? Here's the camera. Brilliant marketing because it went straight to left hemisphere. Bam. They got, it just encodifies that left hemisphere thinking. Okay. Why am I hammering on this? For those of us that get frustrated with seeing how people react to things that we value, whether it's hunting, whether it's trapping, there's a trapping an issue. And some people don't give two shits about trapping. Other people are passionate and, and, and wildly fanatical about trapping. Maybe it's uh, archery. 
traditional hunting versus compound hunting and the controversy and, and the discussion and the, and the, all the, the crap that goes around that different value sets. <clears throat> okay. In many ways, especially now in this past 20 years, there are less people exercising the right hemisphere type thinking. And there are more people that are embracing and relying almost exclusively on left hemisphere type thinking. And they allow external sources to provide the external analysis of all the information going on out there. I just gave you the example of social media, but let's take it a step further. U.S. government, COVID response. There's so much information out there regarding vaccines and medications and protocols and dangers and not dangers and masking and all this, this, all this massive, just so much information out there. Ah, I can't make U.S. government, the World Health Organization, CDC, etc. We will handle the analysis for you. We have all the experts we have done all, we've looked at all the research. We've done all the analysis. You don't have to. Here is what's important. And they bundle a little package of information and then they feed it to you through, through media, social media. And what happens? People grab that package of information and it becomes absolute sacrosanct. It, it becomes that reality within their brain and you're not going to crack them out of it. Versus there are other people that don't allow that all that external analysis to interfere with their development and their determination of facts and fact patterns and reality for themselves. They, they listen to what all the government is saying, all the experts, they go and they do the research and look in the papers. They do go out and pull different podcasts, listen to different experts. They go out and pull all sorts and they do the analysis themselves in their right hemisphere of their brain. And then they come up with a value set. No, I don't think masks do shit because of this, this, and this. It doesn't matter what the government said or what the experts say. I did my own analysis and I've come up with this versus the other people are like, they already did the analysis. The government did the analysis and they said it's this. So this is this. It's who you abdicate, abdicate responsibility to for evaluating details in your life. There are a lot of people it's, and I'm not, I'm not casting blame here. It's just easier to let someone out. And that's the other thing. The right hemisphere has the responsibility to take care of the left hemisphere. If the right hemisphere does something wrong or analyzes something incorrectly and sends a package of a valued package of information to the left hemisphere and the left hemisphere runs with it and runs and gets itself in trouble you get sick, you die, whatever. Well, uh, that's on the right hemisphere. That's their responsibility. But you think about society these days. What have we been seeing in schools and in, in, in society in, in general? People deferring responsibility 
for decision-making processes, right hemisphere analysis to someone else. I'm going to listen to some other expert. I'm going to, I'm going to let them do the analysis. I'm going to trust them to do it. And then whatever they say, I'm going to internalize it. And that's going to be, that that is going to become my value set. Versus the other part of society is doing its own analysis and coming up with its own belief structure, value sets for the left hemisphere. It's the same input in many cases. It's just how the brain of the individual processed that information and came to that belief and conclusion. Look at what, let, let's go to, um, well, here's, here's a great one. You want to see the difference between right hemisphere thinking and left hemisphere thinking. Defund the police. Look at the movement behind defund the police. There are some that sit there and are like, okay, what the hell are you talking about defund the police? What the, what, what? No. There's some good cops, but yet there are some bad cops, but there's a lot of good cops. Ah, analysis, shades of gray. Good versus bad. How many bad versus how many good? Okay, so there's a gradation there. There's an analysis there. And and no, you might have some racist cops, but most cops are not racist. Oh, there's an evaluation there. We're gonna go, we're gonna, we're gonna separate the good from the bad, and we're gonna isolate the bad, and we're gonna accentuate, we're gonna look at the quantity of good, and we're gonna we're gonna focus on the fact that there's more good than there is bad. Yes, there have been people that have been killed by cops. Okay, but Okay, but how many of that is there? There's an, okay, here we go. There's an analysis. You know, how many how many people were shot by cops and who were they and what was it? And how many were, they? all this analysis on one side of the spectrum, ideological spectrum, is going through all this analysis when you hear this defund the police rhetoric, but I, and I mean that not in a, in a pejorative. Some people are looking at all the shades of gray. And they are differentiating. They're focusing on the nuance, the differences in things. And they, and they focus on those differences and they try to bring those differences to bear. And they're saying, wait a minute, we can't just say defund the police, X, Y, Z. Meanwhile, on the other side, the defund the police, police people, especially those ones that are just down there, they're deep, deep in left brain or left hemisphere type of organizational structure on their beliefs. They, they don't care. They give zero shits. Defund the police. All, all cops are racist. All cops are pigs. All cops are, are oppressive bullies and, you know, patriarchal, blah, blah, blah. This, this evil scourge upon the earth that they should be all, you know, they're all bad. And quite honestly, it, again, here's what we talk about with the left hemisphere. It groups things. It doesn't, it doesn't separate things into, you know, shades of gray and nuance. It just lumps everything in a group. And in that group, in that in that package of information, everybody's the same. So look at the rhetoric that you hear from the defund the police side. You could be a rent-a-cop security guard in an office building, but you're wearing a uniform and it kind of looks like there's some shield or some kind of logo on you. Fuck you, you son of a piece of shit. You're just as bad. You're you're just you're evil pig. You all you, you they lump everybody in. You even hear some people, they'll they'll lump firefighters in. Because they, what, because what, the, the, the firefighter has a shield on, on their chest or on their hat? Are you kidding me? But it makes sense because that is how the left hemisphere thinks. And for 20 some years, we have had more 
and more and more external inputs feeding the left hemisphere of the brain and ignoring or literally trying to shut down the right hemisphere thinking of others. Again, we're we're, even if we talk, we're not talking about nefarious intent here. Let's just keep all that because there is, there's evil bullshit going on. Look at the, I mean, we're not even getting into the censorship stuff. Just from an advertising standpoint. No, don't pay attention to all the other things. Listen to me and here's my product and here's how it taps into your emotional thinking and here's how it taps into your emotional desires. So here, let me give you this package of, of valued information and go with my product. Don't pay attention to all the other stuff on your right hemisphere. Don't an analyze everything. Don't, don't, don't go, no, don't, don't go, don't go compare. I've, we've already done the comparison for you and the, and the algorithm, bam, gives it to you. We have an entire generation, and I think maybe even two, because we can we can talk about the people that were born, let's say, in, in 2000. You've got a, a gradation there. You've got those people like my generation that we spent the, the first part of our development, brain development, educational development, in the old school analog world, so to speak. But later on, we became... We, we're, we're now in that social media and that, that algorithm world. And some of us have just lazily just enjoyed not having to have the responsibility of thinking for ourselves anymore. I hate to say it, but that really ends up what it is, is, has become. It, we, we, we enjoy the drug of the positive feedback loop on that left hemisphere type of thinking, the emotional centers of that brain, and we can literally turn off our, our, the, the vast majority of the function on our right hemisphere, and we can let someone else do the analysis for us. We can let someone else make all the evaluations of risk. And if I trust them, or if, if they've appealed to my left brain, or my, not my left hemisphere type of thinking, I will trust them, and I will take whatever they give me, and I will just consume it, and I will make it mine, and it becomes real. Awesome. That's my generation. <clears throat> well, that generation had kids, and it started to raise those kids. And those kids were raised in a world of this algorithm. And Brett Weinstein talks about, and this was another one, about kids having cell phones and, and social media so early in their development. They don't have to, to have that, dis, that, that interaction on the playground where they have to learn how to negotiate with one another, how they have to temper themselves and their ideas and how they behave and all that. No, on social media, you can cherry pick your friends from the globe. And you can cherry pick those that think like you, that believe like you that give you positive feedback and you can shun or block or ignore or report or cancel anybody that thinks differently or doesn't give you that positive feedback that you want, that your, that your left hemisphere wants. And so all of a sudden we have kids that have grown up. They don't know any better. They don't even know that there's a, how many of you know, even know that there's a difference in the left and the versus right hemisphere and how the brain functions. They don't know this. All they know is to listen to someone else and just internalize it and make it emotional. They don't think Okay, again, and we haven't even talked about personality. Jordan Peterson's personality course. It talks about all this stuff, man, and how people process reality. I just spent, what has it been, an hour? I, the point being, there are so many reasons why 
we fundamentally do not think and process out external inputs the same. The, re, the, the functional cognitive reality in some people's brains is absolutely almost 100% or 180 degrees opposite of the reality that someone else has, has perceived. You can have the same inputs and you can you can come up with a completely different functioning idea of what your world is based on how you process it. And I think social media is making it worse. And I think the internet age is making it worse because in order to command more of your attention, more of your ad dollars, more of your time on these platforms, look at CNN, NBC, Fox News, I don't care. Why is it always the sensational just tragedy that's always, why? Because it appeals to the emotional side and the emotional centers of your brain. That's the easy side. Okay. So when we're talking about what we're seeing in Afghanistan or we're talking about conflict, con, uh, controversial topics, regardless of whether it's what we're seeing today or not, you've got to understand that people don't think the same. I mean, like functionally don't even think the same. So before, when you see what's going on and the things just piss you off, understand, do they do they have a common value? Are they hunters? Are they sportsmen? Do they love wildlife? Do they love, if it's political, do they love the country? Is, is there an anchor there from which you can grasp onto? Yes? Okay, deep breath. All right, now, who am I talking with? What is their thought process? How do they formulate? If you start talking with someone and you, you start hearing just pure emotional statements and rhetoric you better be careful because if you're the type of guy that or gal that is more logic based or right hemisphere thinking you're going to be you might as well be talking a foreign language to them because they're not going to understand it you're going to have to be able to have empathy from where they came from where they're coming from it's not their fault and some of them are not their fault and you're going to have to figure out a way to have a conversation with them within the framework of their ideological package and that's not easy. And that's why so many people avoid it. But I think if we start to understand this a little bit better, we can actually do better on understanding it. Number one, if you feel, if you're listening to this and you feel as though, well, it kind of, I, I understand what you're saying and yeah, it kind of makes sense. And if you look at social media, how you just kind of silo into these just siloed packages of information of, of who you're engaging. If you, if you are the type of person that wants to, I don't, not be woke, but if you want to be more awake, if you want to be more intellectually mature, emotionally mature, then you have to get out of that left hemisphere world and you have to actively start engaging the right hemisphere, which means you need to have multiple inputs, all sorts of different inputs coming into your brain. Again, I'm one of them maybe, and this is why it's uncomfortable for some of you listening to this. You need to embrace the difference, differing inputs coming into your brain and you start, you need to start evaluating them, listening to them. 
You can listen, you can entertain an idea that of someone else and you don't have to agree with it. You don't have to embrace it. It doesn't have, but you can, but you should entertain it. At least think about it. So if you want to change your, so for social media, those people that feel like that, that this makes sense and you want to expand and, and get better at communicating with other people, understanding one another and expanding your horizon on, on what's going on around you. And get yourself to where you are not so... Because the problem is, is those people that are in the left hemisphere type of thinking and that have relied on that type of brain function for so long, you are easily manipulated. All someone has to do is just tug on your heartstrings, tug on your emotion, get you triggered and angry, and they can let they can, they can have you do anything. Because that emotional center is not evaluating. It's not activating the right hemisphere of your brain. It's literally just falling in on itself. And that's why so many people these days are operating, whether it's the government, whether it's social media, whether it's the legacy media, that's why so many things are functioning off of fear, danger, caution, ooh, anger, look at this person, ah, it's all triggering that emotional center. Why? Because it will absolutely get you to do whatever they want you to do. If you want to get out of that, here's one way to do it. Start by doing this. In your social media, wherever you spend your time, Facebook or Instagram, I do mostly Instagram these days, literally go out and find people that don't necessarily think like you or find people that that you value that are doing high-level thinking. So I love Jordan Peterson. I like Brett Weinstein. But listen to those. There you go. Brett Weinstein is a liberal. He... Brett and Eric Weinstein are brilliant individuals, intellectually. They are they are self-proclaimed far on the left-hand side of the spectrum, the ideological spectrum, the political spectrum. But the amount of information that they're sharing and the, the discussions they're have, having that are supportive of the right side of the political spectrum and the right side of the ideology, ideologically, uh, ideological spectrum is incredible. So you can have a liberal Democrat that is intelligent, that loves this country, that you as someone on the right, a Republican or whatever you want to call yourself, on the right side of the spectrum could absolutely not only learn from, but absolutely embrace and look forward to listening to what they have to say. So go to a Jordan Peterson and follow him. Go to a Brett Weinstein or the Dark Horse podcast or whatever and start following what they're doing. Eric Weinstein, Simon Sinek. Go to Tucker Carlson. You know, some of my left-hand left friends. And, I'm, and this, this is reciprocal on both sides. So go to, you know, you people on the right. Go over to Bill Maher and, and click on Bill Maher and his page and follow it. Listen to what he's saying. You don't have to agree with everything, but just listen to what he's saying from the left. Go out and choose intellectually intelligent and mature people that think maybe are doing a higher level thinking that you have been or that maybe think a little bit differently than you and then go to their page. Go to their page, hit follow. Immediately when you hit follow, start to scroll down and look at their posts and just go through their posts, watch their video, end to end, watch, take a look at all their pictures. And if something in there resonates with you, just hit like. 
something, some, some of it might be, you're like, oh, that's an interesting uh, discussion. I want to get to hit it, save, bam, save that sucker. Maybe, maybe you and a friend of yours commit to doing this together. And then what you do is when you find something, you share it to your friend. And then that friend finds something else and they share it to you. Once you start liking things and once you start saving things and once you start sharing things, all of a sudden you're training the algorithm to be like, oh, wait, wait, wait. All the algorithm thinks is this is what you want. The algorithm is playing to your left hemisphere, but it doesn't know that it's left hemisphere. All it thinks is, is this is an emotional center. This is what this user wants. So as the algorithm, I'm going to keep feeding this user exactly what they want. And the more you involve, you like and share and, you know, scroll and engage, that algorithm will automatically start to shift and start putting those things in your feed. In short order, you can absolutely create a social media feed that gives you a just absolute intellectual powerhouse of, of resources and education at your disposal. You don't have to allow it to, 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 to basically suck you down that freaking narrow rabbit hole of bullshit all the time. Okay. You can change it. And when you're, when you click on somebody, maybe you watch a Jordan Peterson, like for instance, Ian McGilchrist. Okay. You're, you're watching his podcast. You're, you're watching his videos. And all of a sudden he posts something about Ian McGilchrist and he comes up with a master and his emissary. And you're like, man, that's freaking fascinating as shit. Well then go over to his page or her page and click on that. And look at that. Go to Ben Swan investigative journalist, go to Ivory Hacker, go to her page, go to, go to some of these other people that are out there doing independent things that are going out there and investigating things. You can train your algorithm to give you more information, a broader array of information. What does that end up doing? It engages the right hemisphere of your thinking. And now you have to analyze some things. It's not like you're going into the gym and you're, you're, you're doing massive bench presses. All you need to do is just start. This is just baby steps. This is just walking. This is getting on a bike and just start taking a couple laps. This is baby steps. This is easy stuff for your brain to start to transition to. And it will blow the freaking door wide open on what you can process and how you start to perceive people. Okay. It's a long, that was a long way through but I, I wanted to spend the time because I don't want people to get trapped in this. I hate this people. I hate this person because he th- they because they think different than me. It's gonna be a long podcast. Sorry. I know you guys will still listen to it. The people that care, you'll listen to it. Um. Don't tra- Don't just say you hate someone. And don't tune them out. If they love this country. If they are passionate sportsmen and they are in one of the, whatever community, they have that common anchor. Do not, for the dear Lord, just please, dear Lord, do not silo yourself away from them. Bring yourself closer into their circle and learn from them back and forth. That's how we're going to survive. As a country, as a sportsman's body, that's how we have to get better intellectually, emotionally, with our maturity. Don't just fall in a trap of hate, okay? Now, that's that's for those people that don't understand what's going on, that are having a trouble perceiving what's going on. 
and having trouble processing how other people are processing what's going on. But there's a second part. You know what? No. I will split this in half. Let me split this in half. That's a good part one. Let's leave it there. We, we've, we've addressed how the brain thinks and how, how we've processed. All right. Again, I'm going to post that Understanding Ideology podcast and video. That's two and a half hours in itself. Visually, I think you need to watch the video because it will help solidify some of the things that we're talking about here. But for part two of this one, let's go ahead and dive into the other side of this, however. Because there are some people that know damn well what's going on. There are some people that are damn well intelligent about what they're seeing going on. There are people out there that are damn well emotionally secure, and well, should should be emotionally mature enough to be able to have a, a good conversation about this, but they're not. What do we do with those? That's a good part, too. Stay tuned.